This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Man, why y'all worrying about Clemson? Clemson will be fine. Come on, man. If you haven't heard already, Trevor Lawrence has COVID. I mean, at first, you know, it jumps out at me because he was one of the main people behind, you know, we want to play. Him and Justin feels like we want to play. Us college football players want to play. We we have a system in place to handle COVID. We'll be fine. <clears throat> and then one of the faces of it gets COVID. Nick Saban had COVID. Man, I guess this disease doesn't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to attack anything, anybody. It don't care who you are, what you do. You're probably going to get the COVID. It's just how you handle it after that. Now, the big thing is... ACC protocol. ACC protocol says that I guess the infected player has to quarantine for 10 days. So now everyone's worried that he's going to miss the Notre Dame game because I think that is the day. That's his last day of quarantine and he's not going to be able to play. So everyone's worried that they're going to lose. I'm here to tell you right now, they're not going to lose. They're going to beat Boston College easily and they're going to beat Notre Dame. You're going to act like they don't have good receivers. They have a running game. You forget they have uh, Travis Etienne. You forgot they have a monster defense. I mean, they got two five-star defensive tackles. They had the number one recruit in the nation at D-tackle. They had the number two recruit as a quarterback. I mean, number two overall recruit, number one quarterback. I'm going to just call him DJ because I'm not about to mess up his name. I've seen DJ in person. I... It's one of the episodes. I'm pretty sure I did an episode on it. But I've seen DJ in person, and the kid is amazing. He'll be fine. And even if you don't have him, you got Hunter Helms. You got this four-star sophomore. I can't pronounce his name either. I didn't even write it down. But anyway, let me tell you who DJ is. 6'4", 250, number one QB in this class. 10,496 yards. 127 TDs, 11 interceptions in high school. Are you serious? And this is playing against tough competition. You play against Matt or Die. You're playing against the Matha, good counsel, whoever else is good in California. <clears throat> I'm sure they play in other really good teams as well. And to have that type of stat line is crazy, man. Y'all sleep. These guys got five-star everywhere. These guys got future NFL players. Sure, I'm sure we can't wait for the Clemson dynasty to end, but for now, it's still going, and they're going to beat Boston College and Notre Dame. Do you, you, do you forget? See, I got short-term memory. Notre Dame only beat Louisville 12-7. Two and four Louisville. 12-7. They only had six points at halftime, but they're supposed to beat Clemson. Get out. Go on. Get out. See, that's the thing. Y'all was saying about Miami. Miami was top 10. Y'all was hyping up that game. They got killed. Clemson won all their games by double digits. Y'all sleep. Don't sleep on the backup quarterback. Just get ready. I don't think Clemson will be challenged till either the ACC championship or the playoffs. So Trevor Lawrence will be back. They'll run Ramshod. Then they'll get some resistance maybe in the ACC championship. Maybe in the um, semifinals, but something tells me they're going to blow out their semifinal opponent. And then they'll probably play Alabama, and then we'll see what happens. I don't know who's going to win that one. But there you go. I mean, 
I know you're getting tired of Clemson, especially OU fans, but it just is what it is. They are a freight train, and I've just accepted that they're just going to be good for a while. I just got to take it. Just take that L. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the NFC East is still trash. Washington, trash. Giants, trash. Dallas, trash. Eagles, trash but the eagles are still your division champs still your division champs they won last year the favorites to win this year carson wentz is the difference he is the difference i mean the eagles inconsistent on defense inconsistent on offense but at the end of the day they're never out of it because they got a man named carson wentz so that is why they're in every game that's not good that's not good for the rest of the nfc east and the rest of the NFC. Because this guy will not go away. I promise. Now let's get to this Cowboys in Washington game that I watched because, well, the Eagles game wasn't on TV because, well, they played Thursday night. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. They played Thursday night. A hell of a game. I already talked about that. They play the Cowboys next. That's a big game. Uh, Cowboys aren't just going to roll over and die. They're going to fight. So expect a tough game. Expect a close game, especially the way the Eagles been playing. I know everyone's saying Cowboys one of the worst teams in the NFL. That might be true. But look out, man. This is not going to be an easy game, especially with the way the Eagles have been playing. Sometimes they look like the worst team in the NFL. But then they come back, and they can score on anybody. They can stop anybody. So it's like, man. When it comes to this Cowboys and Washington game, I felt bad for the Cowboys. Just a little bit. I was like, damn, this is embarrassing. This is really bad. This is really sad. And then this, then their QB got knocked out by John Bostick. Definitely a dirty hit, by the way. I knew the minute it happened, I was like, oh, they're getting, he's getting flagged. I didn't think he'd get kicked out. But he did get kicked out. I mean, I totally agree. Helmet to helmet, flying in, late, knocked out the quarterback. Oh, my God. It, if it couldn't get any worse for the Cowboys, oh, my God, it did. It, 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 got, it got worse. <laughs> Washington did most of the damage in the first half. They were able to run the ball finally. I mean, Antonio Gibson had over 100 yards. And he had one of the best performances of the week. I guess what keeps their offense alive, what keeps them doing somewhat okay, is that Cal Allen can scramble. He can scramble, and he is a dual threat, and that gives their offense another dimension that is harder to stop. And, of course, Terry McLaurin's always going to get open. Logan Thomas going to get his. Maybe this team ain't that bad uh who am i kidding they're they're still trash <laughs> but we know the recipe for success for washington oh by the way um before they started cooking before that landon collins uh strip sack that's that was the momentum changer by the way they got stopped at the goal line and cal allen fumbled i was like that is the same old washington they do all this and then they do something to give away the game or to just prove how sorry they are. 
Kyle Allen fumbled against the Giants. Then he got stopped at the goal line against the Cowboys, fumbled that. But the Washington's credit, they came back and they dominated. And defensively, they turned on the pressure against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys could not do anything. So that's their recipe for success. Against the Eagles and against the Cowboys, they made it a non-competitive second half in both of those games because they were able to rush the quarterback and they were able to um, completely neutralize the other team's offense. And it's not just Chase Young. It's Montez Sweat. It's Ryan Kerrigan. You've got uh, whoever the DB comes off the edge. you got Landon Collins coming off the edge. You got Bostick and then Sean Dior Hamilton. Them, them guys for real. Thomas Davis, they all coming after the quarterback, and you can't block them all. That is the problem. But in, in those two games, in those two games that they won, 14 sacks. In their five losses, 10 sacks combined. Multiple games with one sack. So that is the key for Washington. Pressure the quarterback, get sacks, force turnovers, Make it easier for your offense. And on offense, you got to run the ball. And Kyle Allen, keep plays alive with his feet. If they do that, it will be Eagles in Washington last week of the season for that final playoff spot. The Eagles should win. You can't you can't bet against Carson Wentz in that situation. But if Washington can keep playing like that with a slightly easier schedule than the Eagles, we're on a collision course for Eagles-Washington at the end of the season for the title. What I'm hoping is the Eagles just wrap this thing up as early as possible. But I can't. I don't trust this team. They're just too inconsistent. But, hey, Eagles, I know the Eagles ain't going to overlook the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys. You cannot overlook them. It's your rivals. You must beat them. I don't care how they look. Must beat them. Got to get them out of here. Got to put something together. You got to make this a statement. We got to pound them and create further distance between us so now oh one last thing wild card so the nfc east team that come the team that comes out the nfc east will either play the second place nfc north team which will probably be chicago i am hoping it's chicago because washington can beat them i don't think the bears can block washington's front line but to be honest I don't think Washington can block Chicago's front line don't think they can beat Washington I don't think they can beat the Eagles they might beat the Cowboys I don't know we'll see and they almost lost to the Giants already so if it's any team if it's any wild card team the NFC East winner want to play against it's the Bears now, if it's the Packers, that's a tough matchup for all four NFC East teams. Trust me. Now, most likely, it's going to be whoever comes in second in the NFC West because they're that good. Everyone's got a winning record. Um, Eagles already beat the 49ers, but it's going to be tougher the second time because, well, they're well coached and they're getting better every week. Um the Cardinals, well, we'll see what happens when we play them later in the season. Play the Seahawks later in the season. We already lost to the Rams. But I feel like in Philly, again, it's going to be a much closer game. So, I don't know. Uh, any of those teams would be a tough matchup for the Eagles. 
We'll see how they match up against them. We'll see how they match up against the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, from first looks, it don't look like they match up very well. Uh, Washington already lost to Arizona. They don't want to play them again, trust me. Don't see them beating the Seahawks. And they they definitely don't want to see the Rams again. That's a terrible matchup. It, it's going to be tough. I think the Eagles match up the best with the NFC West teams. Everybody else, no. I know the Giants almost beat the Rams. But that was one game. Come on. Okay, maybe the Eagles and the Giants match up well against NFC West teams. Washington, Dallas, no. No. Throw out week one, Dallas versus Rams. Dallas had Dak Prescott. They won't end the playoff game. Just saying. All right, now let's uh, move on to Thursday night football recap. Not going to spend too much time on this because, well, it's not like last week when it was the Eagles and Giants and I watched almost every snap. Well, I at least watched every snap in the second half. So this game, so Carolina Atlanta went back and forth. Um, every time it seemed like a team would gain control, the team that got control would lose it by with a stupid turnover or a turnover on downs. Oh, my God. Carolina with these fourth downs. Um, Teddy Bridgewater tried to outrun a linebacker, got slammed. Then uh, what happened on that second fourth down? Uh, they tried to run it with Mike Davis. I think it was like a fourth and one. He runs into his lineman's butt. Oh, my God. No one's going to care, though, because it's not as bad as uh, Sanchez and that fumble. But it's the same type of play. And then the fake punt. The fake punt worked. Oh, my God. Out of all the fourth down plays, the fake punt was the one that worked. (laughs) Oh, man. They did all that aggression and, and going for it on fourth down. But they still lost. Because at the end of the day, I know the Falcons kept them in it with stalled drives and uh, turnovers. But they were moving the ball. Julio Jones was killing them. They were able to run the ball, too. So they did whatever they wanted. But Panthers, I guess, stayed in it because it's the Falcons. They keep people in it. They either turn the ball over or they play suspect defense. But the defense was solid. Defense was solid this game, especially at the end of the game where um, they put pressure on Bridgewater, and at the end of the game, that last play, they forced them to throw an interception. I mean, down eight, you expect the Falcons. Oh, they lost. Like, they've been choking. I mean, you saw the Lions game. They choked that one the way they were supposed to win that one. They were up six with, like, less than two minutes to go. Lost that one. This time, they're up eight. I was like, okay, let's see if they choke this one. They didn't. They come up with a pick. They win the game. They're two and six, right? Two and six, or two and five, something like that. Um, you got to give credit to their defense for stepping up, and I I gotta commend them for that. That was fun to watch. Oh, so good for them. Good for them. They definitely needed that. So now let's get to the sooner schooner. <laughs> All right, man, you have OU versus Texas Tech this weekend Um, on Halloween. Probably won't be wearing a costume at Glory Days Grill, which is where I'm going to watch most of the game, or at least half of it. But, hey, let's get it. Uh, Texas Tech is always a tough game. Who am I kidding? Not the Eagles. OU wins most of those games, so let's be honest. 
ever since Mike Leach left, we've probably only lost to them like once or twice. But still, like we've had some barn burners, some really close games, especially that one with Mahomes and Mayfield. That was an instant classic. Like you, you, I'm pretty sure you can turn on that tape on YouTube and it's millions of views. That was a crazy game. But this year, I'm looking at it and it's like Rattler has twice the amount of TDs as Allen Bowman and but he has one more interception. Texas Tech allows 486 yards a game. Wow. That is um 89th. They're 89th in total defense and all the teams haven't really played that many games yet. So just imagine when people start playing games how far back they're going to be in total defense. They are awful. Uh 97th in passes pass yards allowed. They allow 337 pass yards a game. And OU throws for like 300 a game. Um, if Spencer Rattler doesn't put up 400-something yards on this team, something's wrong. This should be one of his best games because Texas Tech definitely looks like they're susceptible for an air raid attack, <laughs> basically, like always, like always. So I expect Rattler to go off. I don't know how our defense is going to do. They're surprisingly good at stopping the run. Uh, surprisingly, they're 12th in rushing defense nationally. I don't know if they can keep that up. Man, Joy Taylor look amazing. But let me stay focused. <laughs> let me stay focused. Um, man, OU is 7th in the nation in passing offense. This is not a good matchup at all. If Texas Tech plays some type of defense and kind of puts up points like they did against Texas, then, then OU would be in trouble. But I don't expect that. I, I got OU winning, and I'm going to stay close to the line because I still don't know about OU in the fourth quarter. So I got OU 48-30. 48-30 OU. Now, some people who have kind of disappeared for Texas Tech, which is crazy, TJ Vasher, who honestly, he's been getting worse and worse against OU uh, since having that five-reception, 98-yard game in 2017. Six yards for 42, six reception, 42 yards in 2018. One reception, two yards in 2019. So uh, maybe he won't be a factor against us. I think last year, um, what's the name was on him? Uh, Piedmont from D.C., Woodson Stand Up. Um, <laughs> P. Mott was on him and he shut him down. I assume that's what happened. He didn't do nothing against OU last year. I mean, Texas Tech at OU, they've only won once in like 20 years at OU. They might have won one time at OU ever. So, and I just happened to be there, ironically. Yeah, but this one's at Tech, much harder to beat them there. But I, I definitely expect OU to take care of business. Um, Sheroderick Thompson is the other person that be disappearing. Like, he killed Texas. He killed Texas. He had like a hundred some yards, and he was you know making all these dazzling plays and spin moves and juke. This one touchdown, he broke like three tackles and outran the safety to to the end zone. And he hasn't done anything since. His carries has gone down. Uh, they they starting bunch of other running backs. They're giving a bunch of other running backs carries like Todd Brooks and 
Henry Columbia. What happened to Sheroderick Thompson? Because he was cooking Texas. Still, he may not be getting any many carries these days. Uh, he might not have. Okay. He might not be getting that many carries these days, but he still leads the team in rushing and could still be a factor, just like Deuce Vaughn. Just like Deuce Vaughn. He has that type of ability. But the way things have been going lately, uh, I don't know if he's going to be a factor. But look out for him. Look out for him. You know, you you never know. Oh, and one last thing. What's up with this Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, Trajan Bridges thing? They've been suspended since the LSU game. The LSU game was in January. No, it was December. I'll never forget because it's a horror show to look back on. Um, they've been suspended since then. What? What what happened? Was it a drug test? Was it academics? This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. I I figured they'd be back by now. Like we didn't play five games. What they did was literally damn near a year ago. What's going on? Why ain't they telling us? Like what's going on? Are they injured? Whatever's going on, they need to come back. Speaking of coming back, I think it was Jaden Hazelwood's father or brother. They posted. Uh, something about Jaden, and it looks positive, and it looked like he's going to be back before the season's over, and I love it. I love it. Because we could use one more weapon, and don't forget, he was like the number one receiver in the country uh, at some point. So, yeah, I would love to have that kid back. Well, that's it for the Sooner Schooner. I'm about to hop off and get into something else here. Uh, now it's time for Make That Make Sense. This week, it's the Chiefs versus the Jets. The Jets again. The Jets again. It was going to be the Jets last week. And what they did to make that close and almost win, they played defense. They played defense, and um, they kept that game close. And they almost won, but they lost. So they lost again. I think this is the fourth time the Jets have been featured on Make That Make Sense which is the largest Vegas underdog of the NFL week. They're the obvious. They're the obvious underdogs against the Chiefs. There are some other big underdogs, but this is really big. 19 and a half point underdogs. For an NFL game, you know you got to be really bad to be damn near a 20 point underdog in the NFL. Like that's like a college line. Anyway, Nevertheless, here's how the Jets can win. Okay, first of all, they're going to have to run the ball. Second of all, they're going to have to keep the Chiefs off the field. Like, run the ball, keep the Chiefs' offense off the field, pressure Patrick Mahomes as much as you can. And also on offense, um, Sam Darnold got to have probably his best game ever. He's got to have his best game ever because it's not going to be easy, man, if if there's any time for Sam Darnold to live up to the hype, this is the game. This is the game. This is it. This is where you can make a name for yourself and really get back on track and really get some motivation for later in the season. I mean, because, listen, it looked like the tank is coming and your replacement, too. So why not? Why not prove, A, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be the leader of this team, by knocking off the number one team, the defending champs. I, this is it. 
We'll see, man. But if they they got to definitely keep the Chiefs' offense off the field, that will help. Gore needs about 100 yards. They need to rush for over 100 yards as a team. I think if they can do all these things, like, they have a chance to make it close and possibly win. They're an NFL team. You can't really count them out. I know how they're really bad, but you can't really count them out. For now, I got them losing 42-7, to but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I made that make sense. So now let's talk about the World Series. Congrats to the Dodgers. L.A. looking like title town. USA. This reminds me of uh, when the Capitals won and then the Nationals turned around and won. And then the Mystics. Kind of kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that, man. Or you can, for me personally, you could throw in the Eagles who kicked it all off. It's a great feeling, man. And then you could possibly have two parades at one time. That's dope. But, hey, man, it the Dodgers were just the best team all year. They've been the best team pretty much the last three, four years. So they finally broke through. And already, the haters already starting. Oh, this one don't count. Oh, you only played 60 games. Oh, you had all these weird rules. Man, whatever. No excuses. What would if you... what? would you have said if they would have lost? You, you get two sides of this argument. Like the Tom Lavero argument on 106. He said that, you know, this 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 wasn't real baseball. This was just some made-up version of it. And then you got, uh, I don't know, I think it was Chad Dukes. Maybe Grant said it too. But basically, they deserve more credit for winning the title because – uh, they had all the circumstances to do to deal with the covid and the cancellations and you know people getting sick out of the blue and uh having to start after a long delay it is a lot they had to go through and even my man Ian Cantu said that I'll talk about that interview later later he's pretty much said the same thing and that's where I'm going with it, man. You got to give them credit. You know what I'm saying? They all, everyone had the same situations, but they made the most of it. They played well, and they won the title. Hey, man, shout out to Randy Arozarena, man. He killed it. He killed it. He had 10 home runs in the postseason. I never heard of this guy. But it's funny because someone on Twitter, he said, for every like, I'll post an outfielder that's better than Randy Arozarena. And it was like a whole list of people. And it was it was a um pretty solid list. I mean, but this guy's a rookie. He could be better than all those guys. All I was looking for was Juan Soto, and Juan Soto is definitely better. But that doesn't mean Randy Arozarena can't use this as a springboard and take off, which he can. Uh, Blake Snell got taken out. When he got taken out of the Astros game, I was like, what? I could feel his frustration. He was like, oh, my God, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? But I think Kornheiser, Tony Kornheiser said it the best. I mean, we've heard the, oh, the manager never left the men more than six innings all season. And um, even Kornheiser said after the fourth inning, 
his ERA dramatically increases. So, and also, yeah, he, he pulled out the stats that said, the, or the analytics or whatever, that said Blake Snell standing on the mound longer than five, six innings is bad. But it's the playoffs, man. It's the playoffs. You got to do something. Sometimes you got to do something unconventional to win the title. Hey, man, that's what what's the name did. That's what uh, Davey Martinez did. He used less relievers, more starting pitching. It worked out. Hey, hey, wh- whatever, man. The Rays got that far doing what they were doing. I guess they weren't going to change there. So, What are you going to do? Well, just take that L. Hey, I think the Dodgers are going to win anyway. How do you only score? Only how do you only score one run in Game Six, one home run, and they didn't do anything after that? You're done. You're done. It was a nice try, but you're done. So you see what happened with Blake Snell and the rest of the Rays after this. All right. So what are we at now? Okay. So watching Greg Brown and Brian Frisee highlights. So Greg Brown is a 6'9 forward. He's like the number nine recruit on 24-7. He's probably top five on ESPN. Uh, he's really good. He comes from Austin, Texas. He chose to go to Texas. I should have known. I should have known. He's going he's gonna to be a Longhorn, and if the season, if the college basketball season goes as planned, He's going to play against OU twice a year, and he's probably going to dunk on somebody from OU. I'm cringing. But after seeing his highlights and seeing how he responded to criticism on um, social media, I I cannot hate this kid, even though he's a Longhorn. And his highlights, I had a stink face the entire time I watched his highlights. This kid is amazing. He is as athletic as LeBron and shoots like KD. He's going to be a problem, and I hope he's a wizard. Right now, in the draft, in the draft, mock drafts, they got him as a mid-first-round pick. I think the Wizards are going to be mid-first-round. So if we keep it like that, we can get Greg Brown. And boy, oh boy, him, Rui, um, freaking Troy Brown, John Wall, Bradley Bill. That's it. That's it right there. And we get another big man. The East, I don't know if it's ours, but we'll be in it. We'll be in it for sure. But that Greg Brown kid is good. If you if you haven't seen his highlights on YouTube, you need to watch it. It is amazing. I, I haven't felt this way since since Trey Young. Oh, speaking of Trey Young, I mean, I looked at Cade Cunningham's highlights. He reminds me of a bigger Trey Young, a bigger, more athletic Trey Young. That's dangerous. We're in trouble. OU is in trouble. They have to go against Greg Brown and Cade Cunningham at the same time. But we got a man named Lon Kruger who is going to coach our kids up, and hopefully we can beat these guys, even though they got the flashy freshmen who are definitely one and done. I can't see them staying. They are too damn good. But hopefully Lon Kruger can coach our team up and we can get them to business still. They still both have to come to Norman. And that's not going to be easy, especially with the fans back. Now, Brian Frizee, little little known to me, 
Um, I ref this kid when he was a sophomore and they played against Walter Johnson. And I remember him because he was the big number 55 kid. He was just huge. I don't remember anything about that game. I just know that that game was a joke because we all knew Damascus was going to win. And Damascus won like 50 to 6 or something. The game was over at halftime. I didn't even bother to do anything at halftime. I think I ate a hot dog and I was done. I I definitely did that when they went against Blake the year before, and that was another blowout. Damascus is one of the best football programs in the DMV. So anybody they play is usually a blowout. So that was one of them games. Uh, then, then I looked at his highlights, and I'm like, oh, my God. He is killing these guys, even against QO, who is – arguably the best public school team in Merlin. They're like 5A. They're 4A. Four, it's 4A. 4A. They're 4A. Damascus is like 2A, 3A. So they were Clash of the Titans. He was killing them. He was throwing people around on that team like a ragdoll. Telling you, and he, play, he plays for Clemson right now. He was the number one recruit, just like I said earlier. He's the number one recruit overall. He goes to Clemson. He played for Damascus in high school, which is in the country uh, outside of D.C. That kid is so good, man. Oh, my God. He is like he is like Joey Bosa, bro. He is like the Bosa brothers. But he plays D. He's like Aaron Donald and Joey Bosa. Like, we got to keep this guy out of the NFC East, especially Washington. Because if he, if he pairs with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, Deron Payne, that, uh, that's going to be an unbelievable defensive line. Hopefully he stays away from Washington. I hope he's an eagle because him and Fletcher Cox, game. That's game. That's game. That's a, It's a wrap. Man, get out of here, man. That's another highlight tape y'all should watch. Brian Frizee. Oh, my bad. I meant to say Brian Brzee. That's B R E. S-E-E, Brian Brzee. Look him up, man. The kid is like that. All right. Let's get to something non-sports. Uh, 1BR, that's a horror movie. Uh, Tipsy Pod did a tournament of their episodes. I've only seen now three episodes, maybe four. I uh, love the girls' energy. Their energy jumps out at me all the time. Uh Love them. That's where I got the idea to look at 1BR, and I actually enjoyed the movie. I did. It was a roller coaster. I was like, um, at first, I was like, okay. I was kind of smiling. I was kind of laughing. And then that joint got weird quick. When old girl was standing on the wall with her hands apart, and she had her butt out, and I was like, what is going on? And then they told her to stay in that position. And um, when the light is on, you got to stay in that position. When the light is off, then you can rest. I was like, oh, heck no. You got to go. Like, oh, nah. And then I guess she got really tired. And then I guess they, they threatened her. And then after that, they nailed her hands to the wall. When they threatened to nail her hands to the wall, right before then, they the Jerry, the manager guy, pulled out the gun. At that point, I was like, listen, 
you would have to kill me at that point. It, it, it's no way I could continue. Like, I'm out of here. Like, good goodbye. But she hung in there and took those nails. I'm like, Lord, Jesus, this movie is crazy. Then she just had to, she had to buy into the cult. She never fully bought in like all those other people. So that's why when her, when her old friend, you know, was getting tortured and brainwashed and stuff, she uh got through to her. She got through to her and snapped her out of the cult-like mindset, the brainwash, and she just upped and killed the manager guy. And he wasn't even the goat. I thought he was the leader of this cult. And no, he's just part of it. He's just, I don't know, a supervisor, man. The, the true leader was already dead. The author of the People of Community, the Power of Community book. I don't know, man. This is just, it's a lot to cover with the summary. You could probably read it yourself, but man, what a movie. And then the girl was running at the end after killing like four people. She was delusional. You had these, you had other chapters of this cult on the same block and all the lights were on and flashing and the sounds and she just ran. And um, just like the women at... Uh, tipsy pod said they just wonder how it ended they were making up endings it was like oh maybe she reunited with her dad or maybe she uh end up dying or i don't know what i'm hoping is she ran away she went and got a hotel and then um she reunited with her dad and that was the end that's the happiest ending best case scenario worst case scenario they caught her. She died. Yikes. It, that'd be crazy. But you got to watch the movie, man. It's on Netflix. I rented it on Amazon because I got an Amazon smart TV. So I just said, screw it. Um, I don't have Amazon. No, I don't have Netflix anymore. So I said, fuck it. I'll just download on Amazon. Screw it. Let's do it. 48 hour rental. I could probably watch the movie again if I wanted to. Nah, I probably don't. Solid movie. Solid movie. Always uh, love Courtney and Stephanie's uh, commentary on it. They <laughs> they funny. I think we agree. We both agree when uh, they say I would have got out there a long time ago. Yeah. One way or another, whether I was uh, running away or I was going to get shot and killed. Like, we, we getting out of that one-bedroom house, bro. We getting out of that cult. I ain't rocking. Because that is just torture. But it just goes to show. See, y'all gonna make me start preaching again. It just goes to show that there's many times where you just want to give up. You want to give in. Things are hard. But you just keep pushing through. And then God comes through. He ain't always there when you call. But he's always on time. Can I get an amen? Oh, man. I, I that's what I. That's another thing I got out of it. That, you know, that that girl never gave up. No matter what, no matter how bad the situation looked, she never gave up. And it seemed like God made a way out of no way. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Woo! All right. Um, Before I get into the hypothetical game of the episode, I have an interview up. It's the Ian Cantu interview. Uh, that was a great interview. Um. I don't know what the guy does, but hey, uh, 
He's a Twitch streamer that loves sports. We had a really good sports convo. He's a Cowboys fan, a Ohio State fan. So he's a, oh man, what else? Dodgers fan, Dortmund fan, really big UFC fan. I wish I knew more UFC because I think we could have had a really good UFC combo. Uh, you should check it out. It's, it's already up. It's already up on Anchor, uh, on Spotify. You know, I, I already posted, so check it out. You know, it's a real good conversation for sure. So now let's get into the hypothetical game of the episode. So this week, oh man, it's a crazy one. Thought about it at the last minute. So we got my fantasy football league, the Legion of Doom or Legion Legion of Doom, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> the Legion of Doom or the Legion Legion of Boom. I, it's crazy. I don't know the name of our flag football league. <laughs> Oh, man. Versus team Lauren and Joy. I'm talking about Lauren Chamberlain and Joy Taylor. So on our team, you got me, Zach, Chris, Neville, Matt, Ben, Junru, Ryan, Greg, and Tracy, Chris's sister. So then you got team Lauren and Joy. You got Lauren Chamberlain, Joy Taylor, Aaron Miller, uh, Kalani Ricketts, Colin Cowherd, Destiny Martinez, Toby Rowland, Buddy Hild, Paige Parker. Bunch of softball legends, some celebrities. And, you know, you got the one of the best OU basketball players in history, Buddy Hill. So let's get into it. I'm QB. I already decided that I'm going to stay on the field the whole game. I know we got three subs. They got nine people. We got ten. I couldn't really think of anyone to put in that last spot. I could have put Liv Cowherd. I, I could have put uh, Megan Tonjes. But I was like, eh, they could just roll with nine. So I, was, I decided to stay on the field the whole time. Uh, Colin Cowherd is the other quarterback on the other side. The game take place in Norman on the South Campus. I don't know if it's the intramural fields or where the old softball stadium is or was. But regardless, we're in Norman. We're on OU's campus playing. So here we go. So they get the ball first, and they waste no time scoring a TD. Colin DeJoy for a touchdown, and then a one-point conversion, which is five yards away. Throw it to Aaron in the middle, in the middle of the end zone, 7 nothing. Team Lauren and Joy. So then we battle right back because I ain't rocking. And unlike my real-life flag football team, I don't throw a pick on the second play of the dang game. Uh, I dink and dunk, you know, pass, pass it to Zach and, and Chris and get a pass to Neville and then... I tie the game up by throwing it to Chris again for a touchdown. And then I throw it to Ryan for the one-point conversion. So now it's 7-7. But Team Lauren and Joy goes on a big run. And they score two more touchdowns and two two two-point conversions. Uh, Colin Cowherd hits Buddy Hill on a deep post and then hits him on a straight fly route where he sprints past the flat defender, sprints past 
the safety, which happens to be uh, Matt. Matt's the safety. Sprints past Matt. Touchdown. We look pretty pathetic right now. 23-7. And I threw a pick in the in the meantime. There go that, that pick I was going to throw. You knew it was coming. I threw it right to Kalani Ricketts, and they cashed in and scored with another, you know, Buddy Hill touchdown. So I wasn't rocking. Next play, uh, Matt gets wide open on a wheel route. No one covers him. He pretty much walks into the end zone for a touchdown. 23-15. Uh, team Lauren and Joy because we get the two-point conversion. So then, so then we don't play defense on the next drive. Colin Cowherd hits Destiny Martinez on a drag route. Two people miss flags. Tracy missed flags. Uh, John Rue missed the flag. Ben missed the flag. And then I missed the flag. And then she just outran the rest, everybody else for a touchdown, 31-15. Uh, because Toby Rowland got a reverse run to the end zone, 31-15, two-point conversion. Looks like we're in trouble. 15 minutes to go in the game. Looks like we're in trouble. Hmm. Looks like we're in trouble. Second half, second half uh, is winding down, and I throw another pick. I throw another pick. This time, Buddy Hilde again. Buddy Hilde's killing us. So, but they stole the drive. So, okay, I've thrown two picks. They replaced me at quarterback with Greg. Greg's the quarterback now. Uh, I I go at receiver. I run a post route. And uh, Buddy doesn't cover me. And the other safety is, is Colin Cowherd. I get in between those two. I catch it. I almost score, but I get stopped short. And then Greg, then Greg in the goal line. We get, we get stuff, incomplete passes, a failed run, and then fourth down. Gotta have it. He throws the pick to Buddy. Buddy runs it all the way back to the end zone for a touchdown. So now he has two interceptions and two receiving touchdowns. He is destroying us. So now it is 37-15. Team Lauren and Joy. They missed the two-point conversion. I I knocked down the pass intended for Toby Rowland. So now here we go. Uh, here we go. So now I stop rocking. I get back in quarterback. Stop playing around. Less than ten minutes to go in the game. So I have two. Well, about ten minutes to go in the game. So I throw two TD passes, back to back. Right. So I throw, I throw one to Chris, then I throw one to Zach. I, the one I threw to Chris was cool, but then uh, they they throw a pick. Colin Coward throws a pick. He throws a pick to Ben. To ben. I'm like, yeah, Ben, yeah, boy. That was a little tug about. We getting hyped. Look like we back in it because uh, it's 37-23 at this point. So I throw a touchdown to Zach after you know, dinking and dunking to different people. He, he catches one in the end zone. And then we get the one-point conversion, which I – the two-point conversion was to Ben. The one-point conversion was to Tracy. And now it's 37-30. We got a game now. Two minutes to go in the game. We need a stop. We need a stop. Incomplete on first down. Pass to, pass to Kalani Ricketts on second down. Third down, pass to uh, Destiny Martinez. Then – 
fourth and short. Pass is broken up to Paige Parker. We get it back. It's 37-30 at this point. And so now we're about at we're about close to midfield. And hey, we get in. I hey, I throw a pass to Greg, then to Tracy. Then we stall. Then we stall for three plays. And it looks like fourth down, less than a minute to go. I got to make a play, and I do. Five Mississippi. Uh, Buddy's coming after me because he decides to rush. I escape Buddy Hilled. He misses the tag. I run into the end zone for the touchdown. It's 37-36. I'm hype. Of course we're going for two. We got to win this damn game. And sure enough, and sure enough, once again, I stole everyone's cover. They're running man-to-man. And then I run again to the end zone, spin at the goal line. They don't get my flag, touchdown, 38-37, and the game is over. Run out of time. As time inspires, I'm going crazy. The whole team's going crazy. And then we all go hang out at the union and drink and talk. (laughs) And that's it, bro. That is a hypothetical game of the episode. A little celebrity versus student section fun. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that was a hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So I'm out. Peace. Oh, and Megan Tonjes is fine, too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.